Welcome to the Sunday morning uh, Jesus Christ Power Hour. Um, Praise be. I'm. It is the way. Alex. I don't think we introduced. I don't think we introduced ourselves we last time. <laughs> we didn't. No, we're mysteries. I think we'll just keep it, keep it going. Yeah, let's just yeah. fuck it. You don't need to know my name. I'm a guy. Um, and I'm here. Re- we will reference him as Al, most likely. Yeah, just probably. Tim. Guys, I've I've some great news. Yeah, I took I took. I no, not yet, but we're that's still in the works. (laughs) (laughs) That's still I'm still. Bill, we got to take it one step at a time. I'm working on it. Let him at least get through puberty. All right. I had I had I got I I took our podcast the first episode of our podcast instead of instead of posting it. Instead of posting it online, I deleted it. <laughs> no, I sent it to one of our good friends. Uh, I, I sent it to uh, the the spirit, the the evil spirit of Ronald Reagan, and he's going to come on and give us a, a, a an endorsement of our podcast. Ooh. I've I've going to endorse our podcast. Yeah, I I sacrificed a, a, an infant. Uh, so that I could summon Ronald, the spirit of Ronald Reagan, and he's going to talk through me. Um, so, uh, just give me a second. <clears throat> okay, everyone. Uh, without further ado, here's the 40th president of the United States, uh, uh, Ronald Ronald Reagan. Hello there, it's me, the 40th the 40th the 40th pre- uh, president of the United States, Ronald Reagan. I just wanted to say that uh, I loved your podcast. I think it's great. I think it's uh, it's racist and misogynist enough for everyone to. Every white man to like, love, awesome. and hold cheer. Great. That's what we were looking for. Yes, I, I, oh, I was low wondering. Hanging, low hanging fruit. <laughs> I was wondering. I was thinking like low hanging fruit. Yeah, and then I was like, you know, who would be the best person to to endorse uh, low hanging fruit? It would be Ronald Reagan. The low hanging fruit himself. Yeah. Oh, hi there. It's it's just me. You know, the guy who. I actually I was reading up on. On him, and he like apparently he was the head of the uh, SAG AFTRA, like the the Screen Actors Guild, and he like dropped dimes on like a bunch of a bunch of uh, actors who had been who had like went to communist meetings or whatever, like communist party meetings. He like turned over a bunch of people to uh, McCarthy. Uh, so he was an asshole. Yeah, he was a real prick, dude. <laughs> so it's like trust me for president. Yeah, he was. He was, Yeah, apparently it was a huge. I'm not a crook. Yeah, the I'm not a crook. I'm not uh, a crook. Except he was. Yeah. I don't. I don't think there is like. I don't think there's like a president. I don't think there's a president that we've had in the past like, fifty years. Actually, probably longer than that. Who hasn't been a criminal? I think they've all been pretty bad. Well, was it not a criminal? Was it about he was a war criminal? Well, yeah. Now he's at the end of it. He was a war criminal. <laughs> he went in like uh, hope change. Uh, I was thinking of priors. I don't know why. Oh, uh, you mean like before he went before he was president? Yeah. I don't think so. He was like a state senator before he was president or something like that. You can't he really get. Thought it was like caught for weed or something. Yeah, you can't the really cool, get cool crimes. Yeah, those are fine. If you get caught for weed, if you smoke crack, that's also cool. That's why they're trying to they're trying to rat fuck uh, Joe Biden's son right now, or Joe Biden by like talking about Hunter and how he's like a crack addict. I'm like, dude, that's fucking cool. 
It's relatable as shit. He's like has problems. Yeah. <laughs> and he's trying to get help and he's got the support of his family. Yeah, um, that's like how I mean like I don't even like Joe Biden and you're making me like him more like by trying to rat fuck him by saying that he that he loves his son. Like what the fuck are you doing? It's a terrible way to like what are they going to make a campaign ad that's like Joe Biden, he's supportive of his crack addicted son. Like what do you is that going to make people go? Is that going to make people not vote for him? I don't understand. I don't know. My uh, coworker said he watched. He tried to watch both town hall meetings, <laughs> and he said he started it with Trump, went over to Biden, and said, "Oh my God, the difference between how they both speak is like night and day." And then he's like, "I don't see how anyone like appeals to like to Trump." Because well, because he's I don't know he was cooler when he was going against Hillary because Hillary was like every nobody liked Hillary and it was like for good reasons nobody liked Hillary, but he was just a guy who didn't who hadn't been president, so he had like no track record to refer to, so he could just like go up there and just be like oh, I wouldn't do any of this I, you know I'd be a good guy or whatever and you can't. I mean, I guess you could have been like, well, you haven't been that in the business world, but no one gives a shit about that. So now, now that he's running against Biden and he has a track record and the whole coronavirus thing is going on, like he can't do that anymore. Like he can't just be <laughs> like, oh no, I do the right thing. Like he's, he has to like defend letting a bunch of people die, which is, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you justify it, but he is trying to. It's going. It's going. What are you looking at, Tim? It looks like, uh, look like you're deep in yeah, thought. I'm looking at... Uh, I, I googled war, cri war crimes by U.S. presidents. Most of Obama's not the like drone strikes, I think. Were yeah. Main. Well, Barack's is... Uh, Mr. Barack Obama's... It's just a link that says, read more about this war crime. Like, it's yeah. too much for just one bulletin point. Yeah, no, I would, I would assume so. I mean, like, I would assume that, like, the past, like, fucking five presidents that we've had have, have like, whole Wikipedia pages dedicated to war crimes or some kind of crime that they oh, were involved Oh, there we go. Yeah. All right, George W. Bush, yep, you should have been on there. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> this is, like, this is, like, government official. This list is, like, government officials, though. So there's, like, Jay Bybee. Jay Bybee. A federal judge. <clears throat> Federal Judge Jay Bybee. Yeah, he consoled he consoled the White House on how to get away with war crimes. Do they need that? Do they do they really need a guy like they need a lawyer to come in and be like, listen. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's how guess, that's how that's how you get away with shit. You have I just thought I just thought the government was like, we write the laws, so who's going to prosecute us? Us? No, that's not how that works. We're not going to hold ourselves accountable. That seems like. Remember the last episode of this podcast? I was like, "Oh no, we're going to talk See, about yeah. politics." And we start out like immediately. <laughs> we, with it. we just we just went off like right. I I did an impression of uh, Ronald Reagan, which was bad, and now we're just off to the races. Now it's just <laughs> this. Uh, you're tuning into the politics podcast now. It's uh, I did make another. I did make another quiz though. Mm -hmm. and I, I, another, is this a real politician or not? No, well, not not. It's not the same one. Hold on, I'm gonna bring it up right now. I'm gonna share my screen with you guys. Look at look at look at how look at how much uh, effort I put into this PowerPoint. Look, there's even a little winky face. It's uh, like I was, gonna, uh, I was gonna compliment you on the ellipses. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. That was a, that was part of the template. I didn't really put that there. So uh, don't. Bill, can you see it? Compliments what? to the template, Chef. You see the? Can you see the the PowerPoint I made, Bill? No. What are you wait, talking about? Wait. Go into Discord. <laughs> I'm in Discord. I just I. You just gotta go. click on the live thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. god. See, what now done? I'm here. I'm here. Confidential quiz. A quiz concerning the seedier side of Hollywood. How do you like that? Mm -hmm. uh, also, you have to read the winky face because this is an audio podcast. Oh. People can't say it. Winky face. <laughs> winky face. <laughs> so here's how this is gonna work. I'm going to go to the question. I'm gonna read the question. Okay, and then you guys are gonna buzz in. We're gonna How do buzz we... in using buzz. your name? Yeah, or do that. Use everybody. Name. I think I think saying Tim. your name is easier. Yeah. Bill. Okay. All right. The, test your buzzers real quick. Tim. Bill. All right, that works. <laughs> really popping the mic there. <laughs> yeah. Just to, uh, just to, uh, in order to buzz in, you have to ruin everyone's ears. I see, I see what you're doing. You're totally undermining my. We shouldn't tell anybody what our names are thing here. Yeah, exactly. Now, <laughs> now you have to. No, that's the point. Is we never actually introduce ourselves. We just use the names. <laughs> no, we, we yeah, assume we, we know who we are. Okay, that's, that's what people tune in for. Just like the absolute mess that this podcast is. Yeah, no, I would, I would assume so. I mean, we haven't released one yet, but I would assume that if people listen to this at all, they're listening to it in order to laugh at us rather, rather than live with us. Oh, that's. Would have had happened to me all my life. I'm, <laughs> I'm finally ready to, to profit off of it. Okay, here we go. Oh, moose. Okay. Check that out. What American city preceded Hollywood, California as the so called movie capital of the country? Tim. Yes. Tim. Do it. It is. I'm pretty sure it's New York. New York City, New York. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. Bill, would you like to steal? Uh, I'm going to say it's... Oh, God. Uh, Sacramento. Sacramento, California. Yep. Is that your final answer? Yes. You're dialing it in. Okay. Yes. My stream paused and I now can't see your screen. Hold on. Yeah, you minimize like... your application. Every time you minimize it, it goes away. Yeah, I know. Just give me a second. I have to get to the okay. notes for this because... Okay. That's where ah! dual monitors come in. Ah! Yeah, I do have dual monitors. A-hole. I have to... Uh, I have then to use them. All right, what's the fucking answer? Ah! <laughs> You're still Hold on. All right, I'm doing it. I know. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Okay. All right. The answer is Fort Lee, New Jersey. <laughs> is it really? really? <laughs> yeah, you guys were both wrong. I um, thought for sure. Like I thought for sure it was either New York or Philly. Uh, that was I put those in there as kind of like red herrings because they're like big Fort. cities that the. I, I I thought that you guys would get it because Fort Lee, New Jersey, is such like a weird one to be on there at all <laughs> like 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 nobody you could have done like hollywood pennsylvania and i would have been like yeah there's a hollywood in pennsylvania uh here's the so the, all the hollywoods <laughs> so there's a reason why fort lee new jersey was the movie capital at one time it's because the entire industry was dominated by thomas edison hitler hitler, uh... hitler 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 <laughs> hitler 
who actually probably did like Hitler. He probably was a big Hitler fan. He owned uh, most patents related to motion pictures, uh, like, you know, I guess lighting and stuff like that. Um, well, Fantasia was, like, in Philadelphia. The uh, orchestra, I think. They, like, they recorded the audio in Philly or something. They did something weird with Edison. Oh, well, he, apparently he just, like, had a domination over everything that people needed to make movies. It was like called the Edison Trust or whatever, and and then essentially, after a while, people just kind of moved on. I, this is like before. Oh, okay. so, so he was the Weinstein before Weinstein. Yeah, but <clears throat> he wasn't even like making real movies. He was. This was like before sound, like sound movies were even a thing. So it was all like silent, and silent they were like th- thirteen-minute-long movies. Like he just, he was just a big. It was just a big. You know, it was it was he was, just, he was essentially just making silent YouTube. Actually, yeah, he was. Uh, Thomas Edison is should be should go down in history as the first YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpapa okay. YouTube. Yeah, the the, the father of YouTube, uh, Thomas Edison. <laughs> okay, next we're gonna go to the next question. What D.W. Griffith movie managed to become the first blockbuster, the highest-grossing film for the succeeding 25 years? God, I've never heard of any of these. Or this person. I'm uh, owning you. I'm owning you right now. Yeah. Was that Griffith? I don't know if that was Griffith. I'm going to... Bill. Yep. C. Birth of a Nation, you locking that in? Yes, I am. Bill is right. Birth of a Nation oh, was the It's first. the only one that sounded say, it's the only one that sure. sounded familiar. And since it was the only one that sounded familiar, I was like, that's gotta be it. I was Otherwise, I, I was wasn't sure if that was Griffith Griffith or not. That was my because that was the only one I recognized. Yeah. Yeah, so this is pretty this one's pretty crazy. Uh <laughs> Birth of a Nation was like the first law like first epic quote-unquote movie it came out in 1915 and it was like critics like instantly hailed it as a masterpiece but there's like there's a lot of reasons for why that is but it's also extremely racist uh it's like it portrays like the ku klux klan is like heroic and like they have a bunch of actors who dress up in blackface and like basically do racism on on screen you know (laughs) They're like they're trying. They're like blackface guys, like trying to rape white women and all that stuff. Um, but <laughs> inclu- uh, beyond all that stuff, I uh, like and how ironically, ironically, look where we ended up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because like you know, like this is this is like one of the top grossing movies of all time, at least with like in the the dawn of Hollywood. Uh, and this thing was, this was like, it was so popular that it was shown at the White House. Like, wow. It, yeah, it was, it's like a huge deal. Like, Woodrow Wilson was like, yeah, what's that racist movie everyone's talking about? Uh, it's three hours. This is a three hour long silent movie, by the way. Oh, God, I would fall asleep. Yeah, I don't even know how people fucking, like, how people tough through it. I would have fucking fallen asleep. I can barely watch Nosferatu, and I, I love that movie. Say. When did Birth of a Nation come out? 1915. 
Uh, also, so, not, that was what, like fifteen years before the first TVs were made. No, it was, it was TVs. Way longer, were, right? It was way. Yeah, no, TVs, TVs came out in like the fifties or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it really that late? It was later than I thought. It was like yeah. late forties. Uh, maybe late. It's either I think it's late forties, early fifties, probably. But here's 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 a follow up question, uh, kind of like now I didn't write it out, but um, do you know what? Okay, so technically, mm-hmm. sorry, not to, sorry to interrupt. Just step on my shit. Uh, That's fine. Yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> step all over it. So apparently, technically, the first mechanical television was 1843. Holy shit. A facsimile yeah. machine was what Yeah, it was but called. that's not like when people had them in their house. Yeah, like, no. It wasn't, yeah. By the 1920s, they had a prototype of video systems. What's the movie, what's the movie do you think that, that took Birth of a Nation's place as the highest grossing movie of all time? What movie took its mm-hmm. place? Yeah. What do you think? When... when did it was so, so Birth of a Nation came out in 1915. And then it was the highest grossing movie for 25 years until this movie came out and supplanted it as the highest grossing movie of all time. So I think it'd be like a Disney movie or like a cowboy film. <clears throat> I'm trying to think. Uh, so that would be what, like 1940? 1940, yeah. Yeah, 1940. You guys are going to kick yourselves when you hear it because it's like... It's going to be... I feel, uh, like, I feel like that might be... Chaplin. It might be a Chaplin film. Or Buster Keaton. Yeah, but I'm like... Uh, uh, I can't remember... Three I can't remember when the... Is it the Great Dictator? Three Stooges movie? Okay, all right, all right. Is it the, so, is it the Great Dictator? You said the, the Great Dictator. Okay, Tim saying, Chaplin. Tim's saying the Great Dictator. Bill, what do you think? I can't even name a movie from that era. I'm not sure. That might have come out a lot later. Funny story. So... No, it's not the Great Dictator. You had the, you you were right in like oh, it was nineteen forty. Yeah, it's, that's that's was when it came out. But the 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 movie that that supplanted Birth of a Nation as the highest grossing movie of all time was Gone with the Wind. Uh, and, I always forget that Gone with the Wind was so early. And that movie is also extremely racist <laughs> in how it portrays like. You know the South and like how like they're all just like I think it like went along the whole narrative of like Southern slave masters being benevolent, like really nice to their slaves or whatever. Um, yeah, so yeah, it was just it's a gaslighting film. Yeah, it's one of those, yeah. and it, and it was like the highest. Again, there's a like common theme that's run through these. First couple highest grossing movies of all time. Let me me turn on my lizard brain Mm -hmm. for the next question. Yeah. Yeah. Activate my third eye. Cthulhu Photogen. Photogen. Yeah, this is what we do on the Sunday morning podcast. (laughs) We pray. We pray to Cthulhu. Uh, By the way, all of these movies that that I listed on here were from D.W. Griffith, so all of them were D.W. Griffith films. But um, yeah, Tolerance came out. After Birth of a Nation, kind of like a response to it, 
um, because people were like, hey, this movie's racist. And then D.W. Griffith was like, okay, I'll make a movie called Tolerance, which was... Which is more he... racist. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it was more about how people were intolerant of his movie uh... rather, than, rather than tolerant to, you know. it's He's just yeah. taking all the wrong uh, cues from me. Uh, so he was just trolling. Yeah, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? Since no one can see, like, the actual cards, I'm going to read the question and the answers... So yeah, that's people, probably the best. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry for sorry for the first two questions not being like that, but here we go. Okay. <laughs> this successful director, active throughout the 50s, is known for diming out colleagues to the House Committee of Un-American Activities during the Red Scare. So this guy basically uh, dropped dimes on people uh, for being communists, quote-unquote, so the 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 uh, the multiple choices A Elia Kazan who directed On the Waterfront I just listed movies that you may know <laughs> B Orson Welles who directed C, Citizen Kane C Frank Capra who directed uh, It's a Wonderful Life D Alfred Hitchcock who directed Psycho or E Akira Kurosawa who directed Rashomon or F none Tim. of the above Tim Mm Hmm. Uh, I'm going to say B, Orson Welles. B, Orson Welles, okay. Locking that in? Yeah, he's like, he talked to, like, he met Hitler. <laughs> it okay. had to have Alright, uh, uh, Bill, would you like to give uh, an answer? I want to say A. A, Ilya Kazan. Locking yes. that in. Yes. Bill is right, it's Ilya Kazan. Yeah. In it. fact... There's. It's funny that you said Orson Welles, uh, Tim, because there is. I saw like a video of Orson Welles talking about this exact subject, and he called. Uh, yeah, hold on. I want to. I, I wrote. I wrote down the quote. Um, Orson Welles uh, said of Kazan, Ilya Kazan is a traitor. He's a man who sold out, sold to McCarthy, all of his companions at a time when he could have could continue to work in New York at high salary. I've seen this his, video. God yeah, damn it. I've yeah. saw that. Too. Yeah, yeah, that's having and having sold all of his people to McCarthy, he then made a film called On the Waterfront, a celebration of the informer. And I read, and oh, by the way, he's at the end of it, he was like, I have to add that he's a very good director. <laughs> but, um, and I read so the he plot. two-sided it. Yeah, well, he was, he said he's a good director, but he's a piece of shit. Um, also, I read the I read the synopsis for On the Waterfront and it literally is like about it's about a guy who basically turns on like union members uh, like dimes out union yeah. members yeah. Uh, yeah so it's it's a he was uh, like uh, Orson Welles was pretty spot on with and this it one just, it, it, that that movie just makes the union look like an evil <laughs> an evil evil entity yeah they're basically just criminals like they're not even they're not even like union guys they're just like yeah we're gonna go beat up the uh we're gonna go beat up everyone who who lives in their homes or whatever like it's not even i'm just like what i was reading the synopsis and i was like is this <laughs> it's just blatant i don't know it's just really blatant okay next one next one on the card <clears throat> this infamous los angeles private detective worked for a hollywood tabloid confidential and once allegedly attempted to set up John F. Kennedy by having him meet up with a call girl wearing a wire. Is the answer A, Dick Mullen, B, Samuel Marlowe, C, Dashiell Hammett, D, 
Freddie Otash, E, Mickey, Mickey Spillane, or F, none of the above? Bill. Uh-huh. I want to say uh, D, Freddie Otash. Okay, locking that in. Tim, do you I'm want to... locking it in. Ah, uh, man. I... I'm going to go with A, Dick Mullen. Okay, locking that in. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Bill's running away with it. He, he, got, he got it. It's Freddie Otash. Uh, Freddie Otash was uh, actually used as inspiration for the the main character of Chinatown. Um, and he's also been like a character in James Elroy novels, if you're, uh, if you're familiar with James Elroy, L.A. Confidential, uh, you know, the, um, I think the Colt 6,000, um, Dick Mullen, <laughs> Dick Mullen is, uh, a fictional detective, uh, in. Yeah. Actually, Samuel Marlowe is too, isn't he? He's in, yeah, a, Sam, he's in a noir film. Right. Samuel Mar- Marlowe is actually an amalgamation of two fictional detectives, uh, Samuel Spade and Philip Marlowe. Dashiell Hammett was a writer. Uh, a mystery writer who was also a private detective before he was a writer, and Mickey Spillane is a was a is a mystery writer. Um, Dick Mullen. It's just funny because Dick Mullen is not is actually not even in a book. He's in Disco Elysium. He's a. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm almost certain that the name Dick Mullen is is uh, inspired by Nick Mullen from Come Town. So. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but he's a private dick. He's a private dick, as a matter of fact. Okay, so Bill has three. Tim, we're going to need to step it up. Bill has I can't like win this every week, Tim. It's just... <laughs> no, you guys tied last time. Hold oh, on. Oh, yeah, it's true. Trivia. Yeah. Terrible yeah. Okay, we're going. To the podcast. This Hollywood heartthrob made a sex tape in 1988, a night before the Democratic National Convention, with a 16-year-old girl. A. Matt Dillon. B. Emilio Estevez. C. Charlie Sheen. D. Keith Sutherland. E. Rob Lowe. Or F. None of the above. Bill. Yep. E. Okay, you locking that in? All right. Yes, I am. I'm also saying. You're also saying E? Rob Lowe. Uh, yes, you're both correct. Uh, Rob Lowe uh, did, apparently, <laughs> when he was 24 year, years old, he made a sex tape with uh, two girls, uh, one of whom was only 16 years old. Uh, I don't know if he knew that at the time. He probably did. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I remember the controversy because it, was, it wasn't that long ago when that came out. Yeah, no, it's actually pretty gross. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's actually pretty gross. All right. Um, oh, yeah. Rob. <laughs> old, old, old Rob Lowe. All right. Next up. This rat, this rat Pack member invited Marilyn Monroe to his Lake Tahoe residence in the last weeks of her life, where she was allegedly drugged and sexually abused by Chicago Mafia boss Sam Giancana. A. Dean Martin. B. Frank Sinatra, C. Sammy Davis Jr., D. Jerry Lewis, or E. Peter Lawford. Ten. Mm-hmm. Um. 
Yeah, I'm going to say Jerry Lewis. Wow. Okay. All right. Locking that in. Bill, would you like to? Would you like to uh, make a guess? Sure. I'm going to say B. Frankie boy, Frankie blue eyes. Yep. Um, it's it's Bill again. Bill Bill got it right. <laughs> Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra allegedly. Are you calling this shit? <laughs> nope. I, I sent. I secretly sent Bill all the answers before yeah. we started playing. Yeah, we just um, wanted to fuck with you. Anyway, uh, yeah, allegedly, um, Frank Sinatra set up the starlet by inviting her to his Cal Neva Lodge resort in Lake Tahoe uh, to discuss a movie project, quote-unquote. However, Sinatra's real intentions were driven by mob boss Sam Giancana, who ordered the singer to invite the Kennedys in an effort to catch Monroe in the act of having an affair with John F. Kennedy and his brother Bobby Kennedy. Little did more know... Monroe, no, rather, uh, th- at the time that her room was wired with cameras and a party would be thrown that, that placed her in grave danger. So they basically, they dope her up. And uh, I guess Sam Giancana ended up possibly doing horrible, yeah, doing horrible things to her. Um, and I guess uh, Frank, I guess Frank Sinatra was just like, okay, <laughs> you know, like, all right, I guess this is happening. Well, I'm on the payroll, so uh, <laughs> so keep my mouth shut. I'm just gonna. I guess I'll just watch. I, just, um, uh, I really like money. I don't. Uh. <laughs> just a horrible, horrible human being, I guess. <laughs> that that that, these, uh, that he turned out to be. Next one. This private investigator worked as a liaison for Hollywood producer Howard Hughes before going on to work as a cutout for the CIA including supposedly being involved in failed assassination attempts on Fidel Castro. A. Pete Bondurant. B. Bo Deidle. C. Robert Mayhew. D. Harry Dresden. E. Robert Walsh. F. None of the above. Uh, Yep. Uh, Should I just... Which one was I just looking at? Uh, Robert Walsh. E. e, Robert Walsh, locking it in. Bill, would you like to give a... Uh, I'm going to go with B. B, Bo Deidle. Yep. Locking it in. Locking it in. Uh, the answer is, in fact, C, D. Robert Mayhew. It's yeah, I knew it wasn't. I knew. Yeah, I knew it wasn't Harry Dresden because I read the Dresden Files. <laughs> Currently, wasn't there's a new crazy? book out, and uh, I haven't read the new book yet. You know, I gotta say, I've been trying to watch that show, and I can't. I can't get into it. The show, the show kind of sucks, from what yeah, I remember. Did, and I think it got canceled after like the first season. Like no one liked it. Yeah, I don't think it was. I mean, that the good. act, the actor guy, I forget like. Yeah, he did elementary, I think. I don't know which came first, but he was doing that elementary, the like Americanized uh, Sherlock show. Yeah, elementary. Is that the one with? I thought that That was that one was pretty good. I don't know if the I don't know if they ever did a fifth season of it or not, but they the fucking cliffhanger at the end of the fourth season. Oh boy! He's also the um because they actually the Green Arrow. Which is what I know him from mostly. Because they actually like in elementary, they actually like 
like one of the major thing themes in it is the fact that Sherlock is like struggling with fucking like <laughs> heroin addiction. Oh yeah, did they incorporate that? That is part of the. Sometimes you know uh, adaptations of that just kind of ignore the fact that. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Sherlock is, like, a huge drug addict. <laughs> and the fact that, like, the way the stories are written is that he does it because it makes him better at deducing. <laughs> yeah, like, that's... Well, I mean, I could see that. I think that's, like... Or at least, like, him thinking that he's better. Like, I'm better when I'm drunk, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, I need to be... I need to be all doped up. Uh, I need to be smacked up in order to try and, like, really get, get into the mindset. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, these, so these, going through the choices, Pete Bondurant is another James Elroy character that I took, um, from, I think it's, uh, the American Underworld series. B, Bo Deidle is, he is a private detective, uh, uh, supposedly, but he's like, I, I think I've seen him like do, uh, like fucking political fundraisers and shit. Like he, he's a huge Republican from what I remember, <laughs> what I recall. I think he even ran for, like, mayor of New York or some shit, uh, because he's, like, a huge public fixture, apparently, in New York. Um, Harry Dresden is, of course, uh, the wizard from... (laughs) The Dresden Files. Yeah, the the Dresden Files. I was really hoping someone would pick that one, because I could just... That would be hilarious. I read all the books, man. Well, I knew you weren't going to pick it. Um, Thanks. Thanks. Well, he read all the books. <laughs> um, yep, I knew what the series was. <laughs> Robert Walsh is also a private detective. Apparently, I just didn't really look into him. Uh, I, I literally Googled private detectives, and he, his name came up. So, <laughs> But yeah. Robert yeah, Walsh is an, is an author. Oh, he is? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. probably... Yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. That's why, yeah, that's I, why I didn't want to pick him, man. But, um... Fantasy uh, crime books. Yeah, apparently Mayhew worked for Howard Hughes, and apparently he stole a bunch of money from Howard Hughes, which is fucking cool as shit. Um, <laughs> uh, Hughes spoke of Mayhew. He's a no-good, dishonest son of a bitch, and he stole me blind. You wouldn't think it could be possible with modern methods of bookkeeping and accounting and so forth for a thing like the, like the Mayhew theft to have occurred. But believe me, it did, because the money's gone and he's got it. And after, and could you imagine if he was alive now, he wouldn't have any money. Yeah, uh, yeah, he'd just be people would just be stealing his money on like left and right. I don't, if I was like a guy, if I was a private detective and fucking Howard Hughes had like, I don't know, employed me to like spy on just like children or whatever the fuck kind of weird shit Howard Hughes made him do, I'd be like, yeah, I'm just gonna take a bunch of money from you. You don't need it. He's like a fucking billionaire. Um, like one of the first billionaires. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, after that, uh, Mayhew worked for the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, which is not as cool as stealing money from Howard Hughes. Um, in fact, it's way worse, but, uh, he would later recall the CIA was my steady, was my first steady client, giving me cutout assignments. Uh, those jobs in which the agency could not be officially involved, quote unquote. And Glenn Kessler of the of the Washington Post explained, after Fidel Castro led a revolu- revolution that toppled a friendly government in 1959, the CIA was desperate to eliminate him. 
So the agency sought out a partner equally worried about Castro, the mafia, which had lucrative investments in Cuban casinos. So basically, like the CIA turned to the mafia and this guy to be like, hey, can you guys try and kill Fidel Castro for us? <laughs> and they were like, hell yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get right on that. And then they just proceeded to fail and like over and over and over again. They just could not do it. <laughs> I don't know how many times the CIA tried to kill Fidel Castro, but it's like somewhere in like the hundreds, I believe. There was even there was one that I there was one plot that I saw that they tried to do. I swear to it's not even they this one is not even they tried to kill him. They tried to make his beard fall out. Weren't they also like trying to like feed him estrogen at like I forget who yeah, they, they were trying to like, give him tits or something. Like they basically, yeah. they were like, if we they try, wanted to if, humiliate him. Yeah, <laughs> they wanted to make him look like a pussy, and then like instead they just made themselves look like absolute idiots. There was actually the guy who wrote the uh, James Bond novels. I think uh, what's his name, Ian Ian Fleming. I think uh, the guy who wrote like uh, you know Golden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, he had a plot. He had like a. He apparently worked for intelligence agencies, like freelancing too. And one of his plans was to like massive, like basically dose the entire country of Cuba with LSD. Yeah. So they would like go crazy, I guess. Like, like, like I don't know really what the what like the end point was for it, but he was just like, yeah, let's just contaminate their drinking water with LSD. And then everybody will just be like, okay, I guess we're well, not communists anymore. While they're all tripping balls, they'll forget about communism. Yeah, yeah. And while they're all tripping balls, we'll sneak into the country and kill Fidel Castro. <laughs> oh, man. The, 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 the way that, like, it's so weird because like, the CIA has literally overthrown governments and they, like, just could not. They could not, for the life of them, kill Fidel Castro. They're just like, yeah, uh, overthrow Iran. Yeah, we could do that. We could overthrow the government of Iran. Uh, yeah, we can overthrow the government of, like, uh, you know, fucking Guatemala. We can do all this stuff. Fidel Castro? I, I don't know. Can't do it. It's too smart. His beard is too thick. <laughs> all right. Too pointed. Next up. This infamous incident took place in winter when police beat Mexican prisoners leading to a massive cover-up by the LAPD and subsequent investigation that led to several indictments. A. Bloody Christmas. B. The Brentwood Beatdown. C. Black Friday. D. The Brentwood, the Brentwood Brawl. E. The L.A. Massacre. F. None of the above. Bill. Yes. I want to say A. Bloody Christmas. Locking it in. I'm Tim, locking would you, it in. Tim, would you uh, like to... Yeah, I'm going to say D, the Brentwood Brawl. I think there's too many Brentwoods. Like locking it in? Uh, it is A. It's Bloody Christmas. The Bill's uh, I thought the Bloody Christmas was the... Uh, I thought that was, was with all the... Uh, with that mysterious, like, nobody understands what had happened, but it was a... Uh, it was like a mob hit, and there was all of these, like high-ranking mafia guys in, like, a garage, and they were all just found dead, and nobody... They still don't know who did it. 
Oh, you mean the St. Valentine's Day massacre? St. Valentine's Day. I knew it was a. I knew it was some. I think that was. I think that. I think that was uh, Al Capone. I thought it was did that. It was a bunch of like uh, North Side guys, and they were all like, "Hey, what's going on?" And they were like. I think that like the common belief is that it was Al Capone, like, mm-hmm. there, but there's no way to actually know. Yeah, because I think the guys who killed the guy killed them were like police. They were dressed up like police, so they like took him into a garage or whatever. Like Valentine's massacre. Hell yeah, bitch, motherfucker. Yeah, um, I kind of thought that too many the, the too many Brentwood things kind of gave it away because I didn't yeah, know that made me, that automatically made me think one of them's right, but which one mm-hmm. is it? I thought they were both wrong. I was between Black Friday and the Bloody Christmas, but Black Friday was... I don't know why I didn't like that one, but yeah. Because I think Black Friday was... Boxing Day is called Black yeah. Friday. Isn't Black Friday uh, fucking the day it's where the, everyone goes out to buy shit? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I thought, you know, sometimes they repurpose this shit. You know? yeah. yeah, that's true. There's also a Black Monday, I think, which was like a big... Financial or crash cyber. or something. Or uh, even there's yeah. like Black Sunday 2, the Black Sunday Massacre. I don't know. There's so many Black something. Black massacres. Sunday 2, the Black Sunday Massacre. Black, black <laughs> Sabbath like, 2. <laughs> Bloody Christmas is infamously the time where everybody in Los Angeles had their period at once. It was uh, awful. Everybody, <laughs> everybody was yelling at each other and moody. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. Anyway, uh, let's go. See, I was wrong. Black Sunday refers to a particularly severe dust storm that occurred in like April 1935 during the Dust Bowl. Black Sunday? Yeah. What did a bunch of people die? I mean, the Dust Bowl itself was like a huge problem, wasn't it? Like every like crops failed and nobody was eating and it was part of the it was like simultaneously happening with the Great Depression. Yep. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds that sounds really awful. <laughs> Killed multiple people and caused hundreds of thousands of people to relocate. Where would where did that take place? Uh, it says, uh, known as a black blizzard, hit the Oklahoma Panhandle, northwestern Oklahoma first, and moved south to the remainder of the day in Beaver, Oklahoma, Boise City, and Amarillo, Texas. God damn, dude, that's a big that's a big ass fucking storm. <laughs> oh, I, I actually had stuff written about Bloody Christmas I wanted to explain about. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, Bloody Christmas was the name given to the severe beating of seven civilians by members of the Los Angeles Police Department. Um, so ACAB has always been a thing, I guess. On December 25th, 1951, the attacks, which left five Hispanic and two white young men with broken bones and ruptured organs, were, prop- were properly investigated only after lobbying from the Mexican-American community. The internal inquiry by Los Angeles chief, I can't say his name because it's going to be the next question, resulted in eight uh, police officers being indicted for the assaults, 54 being transferred, and 39 suspended. The event was fictionalized in the 1990 novel L.A. Confidential by James Elroy, which was made into a film of the same name in 1997. Senior LAPD management kept the attack on the on the prisoners out of the mainstream news for almost three months. Media coverage ignored the beatings on Christmas Day and focused on the brawl on the night before. The initial headline of the Los Angeles Times on the incident was Officers Beaten in, in, in Bar Brawl, Seven Men Jailed. 
However, as Mexican-Americans pushed uh, for a focus on police brutality and more reports of violence flooded in, the media began to turn against the LAPD, running stories, condemning police tactics, and even suggesting the amendment of Section 202 of the Los Angeles City Charter. So basically, it was like cops just kicking the shit out of, like, uh, out of, uh, you know, uh, Mexican immigrants, and them just, like, going like, oh, yeah, um... So they're 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 criminals basically. So it's fine. Everyone ignore it, and then you know a, a couple months afterwards, everyone was like, um, "You really beat the shit out of these guys, though. <laughs> Why? Seems wrong. <laughs> Should the cops be doing that? Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> no. Just a, a spokesman. For, a spokesman for the police, uh, the LAPD, said yes, and then said no, 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 several times afterwards. As if he didn't oh, mean to say no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, that was just a Freudian slip. I mean, sorry. I don't. Sometimes you know, you ask me, hey, do you want to beat up Mexicans? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. But then I realized that's racist. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. Next up. Baboo. This LAPD police chief is known for having served. As the city's longest-serving, uh, Jesus, I screwed that one up. He's the longest-serving LAPD police chief, and has been blamed for the department's problems with discrimination against minority populations. Is the answer A. Dudley Smith, B. Edmund Exley Jr., C. Richard Stensland, D. William H. Parker III, or E. John Trashcan Jack Vincennes, or F. None of the above. Bill. Yes. I want to say C. Richard Stensland. Locking it in. Locking Tim, would you in. like? Would you like to make a guess here? I want to say I'm going to go with C. Richard Stensland. Richard Stensland. Locking it in and <clears throat> hit say boys, but you're both wrong. Is it trash can Jack? Nope. <laughs> Uh, it is D. William H. Parker the third. Oh. Between C and D. All of these characters are from L.A. Confidential, the novel written by James Elroy. A lot of this quiz, uh, because it's like about seedier sides True, of Hollywood, yeah. come from James Elroy's books because it's basically all they are, uh, all they, all those books are. Um, but yeah, no. William H. Parker was the uh, longest-serving uh, L.A. And is credited with transforming the LAPD into a world-renowned law enforcement agency. The department that he took over in 1950 was notoriously corrupt, <clears throat> and then he fixed it. Obviously, that's the way that that's why no one complains about the LAPD anymore. Um, completely fine, uh, <laughs> no problems there. Uh, <laughs> seeing war po- politics with its heavy involvement by partisan groups in the police department and mingling of political circles with vice and corruption on the streets led him to conclude that a differently organized police force was necessary to keep the peace. Another aspect of changes initiated by Parker, which changed the police force from one of a walking peace force to a more militarized mobile response force. You see why this is better? If you're, if you're, you know, if you're more mobile, um, they actually, he started, you know, putting cops in cars as opposed to having beat cops, you know, who would walk the street. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, so he was credited with making it more like a response team. Uh, I don't know if you would call it a paramilitary exactly. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the way that you would phrase that, but, you know, 
more mm-hmm. more flak jackets, more guns, more cars, that kind of thing. Um, which has been going great. Uh, <laughs> again, there have been no, pro- no serious problems since then. <laughs> no Especially problems. In LA. Yeah, LA's been a peaceful land ever since. Oh, I don't know if oh, you know they, about it. Oh, have they, they they've been having problems. No, not at all. Problems. Let's let's give them cars so that they can cause problems faster. <laughs> let's give them cars so that they can drive them into protesters. <laughs> oh fuck. Uh, anyway, anyway, so uh, there, there is the fact that um, all, uh, he did desegregate the department apparently. Uh, so black and white and Latino officers, I guess, all commingled. But the LAPD uh, faced accusations of police brutality and racism towards the city's African-American Latino residents. And when asked by the commission about discrimination against minorities, Parker replied, I think the greatest dislocated minority in America today are the police. (coughs) So there you go. We we're we're racist we're racist against cops is really what the the problem is. Uh, They have not enough power. Obviously, not enough uh, firepower, not <coughs> enough, uh, not enough uh, armored vehicles, uh, urban assault vehicles, whatnot. Um, also, here's another, here's another little tidbit. Parker has publicly stated, had publicly stated during the Watts riots that the city's black population was acting like monkeys in a zoo, and has also made the following statement: It is estimated that by 1970. 45% of the metropolitan area of Los Angeles will be Negro. If you want any protection for your home and family, you're going to want to have, uh, you're going to have to get in and support a strong police department. If you don't, come 1970, God help you. Wow. So this this, this guy was a uh, yeah this guy was a classic guy. Mm-hmm. He was an exemplary uh, police officer. He was. Uh, a really, really good for race relations, as we can tell from these from these quotes. He was a great guy, no problems here. Thirty nine years served as the uh, the police, I guess, chief. And oh, oh, I have to say this part too because he not only said that about black people, but of Latinos, Parker attributed their so called propensity towards criminality to not being too far removed from the wild tribes of the inner mountains of Mexico. God damn. So he was basically just like, yeah, um, I'm a racist. Yeah, he just like, you know what? You know, there's only, you know, <laughs> really did like a history uh, on, you know, Mexican people. He's like, yeah, they're all from the mountain area. They're all, yeah, they're, you know, they're all tribal. yeah. yeah. That's why they have those tattoos. Have you seen those mm. tribal tattoos? He's like he actually like pulls down his shirt and he has one like on his chest. He's like Just they like, look yeah. a lot like these. <laughs> I now I can do this because I'm white and it, you know obviously no, no, you know no, no, that no. I'm not a savage. I, I, did I did this so I could explain to you all. <laughs> what makes Latinos so violent? Um I, that's I think that's the end. That's the end of the quiz, guys. I think Bill mm. Bill ran away with it. I have to say. Yep. All right. Well, I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is funny. We are. I'm checking the time here. We are 54 minutes in. Ooh. So we have we have six minutes left. Wow. <laughs> These quizzes, 
like this is just turning into quiz the podcast. Yeah, we we're, we're we're doing we're doing quizzes. Uh this is what we do now. We're a quiz we'll podcast. Be here. We'll be here forever. If you ever I mean, technically it's quizzes and history. Yeah, true. Yeah. I, we there's a lot I mean, of stuff. It's not terrible. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff we went through there. We found yeah. out that Birth of a Nation uh, a terribly racist three-hour-long silent movie was the most popular movie in America for a really That's long the most time. Popular racist thing ever. <laughs> Everybody's like, we're going to the we're going to the White House to watch Birth of a Nation. Quick, <laughs> quick, get my top hat. Get my Sunday best. Yeah, America was America sucked, dude. I mean, it still sucks, but it sucked even more uh, back in the day. It was just a real it was a real cringe fest over here. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Can you imagine Woodrow Wilson like lightly clapping at 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 Birth of a Nation every time it like does it dissolve or whatever? That's <laughs> apparently why uh, a lot of film like film aficionados uh, still talk about it is because it pioneered like techniques like close-ups and dissolves and transitions. Yeah, tr- it's just transition. Yeah. And transitions I, into racism. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's kind of the that's kind of the uh, the bad part about it is like if you're teaching film history, you go up in front of the class and you're like, okay, so let's look at this movie and try to ignore all the racism in it. Oh wait, it's impossible. It's the whole movie. It's basically <laughs> what the movie's about is how racism is good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so, Bill won, I think, by like four. Is that you correct? Rub it. You don't have don't, to rub it in. He's, I think I got one point. I got one point. Yeah, you did. We, you got, we both yeah. got it right, I think, that one time. If you're not <laughs> first, you're last. <laughs> this is the Ricky Bobby school you're of winning. You're just the second winner. Yeah, that's actually, I would take it that way. You're, you're the second winner. Uh, and, don't uh, give me don't give me that 90s crap. <laughs> Don't give me this participation trophy bullshit. <laughs> fucking bullshit, dude. You're a loser. You're a fucking loser. Uh. <laughs> but, I mean, granted, Bill won this time, but he didn't win last week. I mean, he no, tried to say tied. he did. I tried no, to make it even last week. That's why I threw a couple of those questions. Pop Maybe goes I... puppy. Hello. Oh, there's uh, there's Willow. Yes, Willow. What a cutie pie. Should I should I from now on say what the topic is going to be? So I can like give in you... the beginning? Or, no. Nah, I like being no, surprised. No, let's see you guys. You like being surprised? I like being yeah. surprised. I don't want to study up. Yeah, give me those it beforehand, was... and I'll just be like, ooh, <laughs> internet, Wikipedia. You're right. Rabbit hole. Yeah, that's why you, you, like, you'll, you would go and then go down a rabbit hole. Yeah. On the first question. Find, find them all. Mm-hmm. Gotta get them all. I'd find like... that BuzzFeed article that you stole it from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah, that was the first one. I didn't even, pre- I didn't even, like, I put half the effort, not even half the effort, into the first thing. I was just like, yeah, it'd be funny if I could say dick sweat. <laughs> and that's, like, the whole, that was the whole fucking... The whole reason. Yeah. That was the whole reason I did that. I think this one was better, though. It was more th- thought out. There was better questions, and there was, uh, I don't know. If you didn't, I get, maybe you learned something. I don't know. I did. Well, hopefully. 
I learned that I also, Bill sucks. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, learned, yeah, I learned that Bill sucks ass. Also, <laughs> I really love that somebody picked Dick Mullen for that one question. That was uh, that, that made my day. It was the guy that actually played that video game. So, I mean, I don't know if that's more embarrassing or just... <laughs> well, yeah, but you can miss that aspect of the video game if you don't, like, you know, d- dive deep enough. I think I, I think I met Dick Mullen. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty I sure I'm... I did that. <clears throat> I haven't yeah. beaten Disco Elysium. i got to get back into it. At this point, I might as well just start it over, but... How far did you get? I don't. I don't remember. That's why I got to start it over. Oh yeah. I, just, <laughs> I started playing it again recently. It I gotta say, very... like being able to just get games without going anywhere is great. <laughs> <laughs> I love having video games piped directly into my computer, so I can. Well, though, you're not gonna pull have out to get micro- up. I'm gonna pull out the microphone, sweetie. Yeah, right. You know, and for the podcasting audience, if there is one. Um... Oh yeah, that's my dog. Not, I don't have a daughter. <laughs> yes, it's your, it's your little pepperoni. Yeah, my my two year old, two year old pepperoni. Almost November, a little less than a month, she'll be two. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She gonna crazy. get you know one yeah. of those doggy treats. Doggy I might, uh, I mean, depending on the status of my car come her birthday, uh, I'll probably go down to, I'll go, go down to the city and get her a, uh, get her one of those dog treat cupcakes, South Street. Are you going to put a little candle in it in the shape of like a two? No, because she'll probably try to eat the candle. <laughs> Blow out the candle, Willow, and then she just eats it. <laughs> oh, just the whole thing like a cartoon. Yeah, she just turns into a cartoon and eats the candle. Get her taken away because I bring her to the vet with like internal burns to her intestines and stuff. Sir, there appears <clears> to be <throat> there should there appears to be a candle shaped like a two lodged in her throat. <laughs> oh, well that yeah, it was her birthday. It was a birthday. I shoved it down her throat. <laughs> Happy birthday, Stop bitch. It. Happy birthday. Eat the fucking cupcake. Ah. Well, fellas, we have passed the hour mark officially. Uh, well, before we leave mm-hmm. All right. today, oh. I want them to join me in prayer. Bow your heads and pray to the reincarnate of a bad economy strategy. May you get more than one vote this election this cycle. We see you, Hogan. May our future and current presidents learn to not commit war crimes. May there be new, new Hollywood with less pretentiousness and racism. To the private dicks and the not-so-private dicks out there. May there be reform so that we look less like a third-world country. And last but not least, may Tim try to beat me next week. But on a serious note, may everyone remain safe, stay healthy, and get out and vote. Did you just write that? Or did you write that at the start? I wrote it throughout the whole thing. I did bullet points of our conversations and made a funny prayer to synopsis. <laughs> First That's of all, our morning prayer. I just want to say that there, this is this, this is not a vote shaming podcast. So uh, whether you vote or not, um, I mean, I, I probably disagree with you, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Do you want to say anything, Tim, before we uh, sign off? Um, quizzes are bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Learning sucks. Uh, <laughs> I'm against Learn- it. That's my learning is the real problem. 
We yeah, when to, I we need to get a better education system. Yeah. When we when we start when we start uh, when we start our political campaign in 2024, uh, my tentpole uh, uh, policy will be the abolishment of all education, uh, so that we can live in a <laughs> we can live in a completely. Uh, uh, We're gonna start with the book burning. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna start with book burning. Some may the call that fascist. Burn. I call it uh, efficient. <laughs> we're gonna. It's called biomass. That's how we're gonna power. That's how we're gonna power. Uh, we're gonna replace <laughs> fossil fuels with biomass. Uh, and that's it. Start the mass production of Soylent Green. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. Let's, let's get out of here. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.